All right, are you ready for the word? Amen. This month, our theme is pushing beyond the boundaries of limitations. We learned about vision last month. We learned how to have vision, why we must have vision. We learned about how to bring vision into fruition. We learned about the enemies of vision. This month, we want to exhort you. It's an exhortational type of month. In this month, we are going to really exhort you to push beyond the boundaries of limitations. I'm going to use Acts chapter 3 as our main text. And let me say right up front that, please, the story in Acts chapter 3, it's about a man who had a disability. I want to qualify that in no way are we making light of disabilities or speaking down upon people with disabilities who are using this story in a figurative sense. Because in a way, all of us have certain areas in our lives where we are challenged, where we have disabilities. We are people who have different abilities. And so even if this story is about a person who from a physical standpoint had a physical challenge, the truth that is applied goes beyond the physical. However, I'll read the story as it stands, and please just follow with us as we use that story as a framework for our discussion. Are you in Acts chapter 3 already? Are you in Acts chapter 3? All right, we read from verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily, underline the word daily, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who were entering the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, underline that. And he lifted him up, underline that. And immediately his feet and ankles and bones received strength, underline the word strength. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who was begging arms at the gate of beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Can I hear an amen? amen. We're going to use this passage as a framework of discussing our theme for this month. Breaking out or pushing beyond the boundaries that limit you. Pushing beyond uh, the boundaries of limitations. Now, not today, but as of next week, we're going to look at the following things. One of the things we're going to learn is how to apply the laws of the Spirit to push beyond the boundaries of limitations. Now, the principle of laws is an important one. You know, laws are interesting because laws work for all of us. When I talk about laws, I'm talking about like natural laws and spiritual laws. The law that most of us are familiar with 
is the physical law or the natural law of gravity. Gravity is the force that keeps us down here on earth such that anything that goes up does come down because of the force of gravity. Now, the force of gravity works on everybody. Whether you are male or female, it works in your life. Whether you are young or old, it works in your life. Whether you are black or you are white, rich or poor, the force of gravity works. What's interesting is, even if you don't know that the force of gravity is at work, your ignorance doesn't stop, you from, stop it from working. Even if you innocently apply that law without knowing, that law will apply. For instance, if you have a, a toddler, uh, uh, is it toddlers who crawl? Am I right? Ki toddlers, ne? If you have a toddler, if you have a toddler cursing here, crawling here on the stage, and this toddler comes to the edge of this stage, innocently, not knowing what will happen to them if they were to miss a step here. How many of you know, once they miss a step or crawl too far, the force of gravity is going to grab the toddler and bring them down to the ground as quickly as possible. So the toddler is going to get injured, get hurt through a law that works. In other words, when she crawls off or when you crawls off the stage, the law of gravity doesn't say the punga punga mama. Doesn't say that. The law of gravity doesn't say kingwana hatsivi. The law works whether you know it or not. I'm going to show you next week how there are so many laws that work. See, the good thing about laws is this. Laws don't discriminate. If you work it, it will work for you. Can I hear an amen? We will use an example of the law of aerodynamics that makes aeroplanes to fly. You know, if you use the law of aerodynamics, you will fly. Male or female, you will fly. Rich or poor, you will fly. If you're a child, you apply it, you will still fly. So we'll talk about that. Then the next week, we'll talk about how we need to learn to fight. See, if you're going to come out of limitations, you must learn to put up a fight. I think sometimes as Basalana, we are too nice. Look at your neighbor and say, you are too nice. You are too nice. We put up with things we are not supposed to put up with. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to show you how to fight. All right? At the end of that session, I'm going to call you that name because we're going to teach you how to fight. We're going to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. And then we're going to learn about right thinking versus stinking thinking. You'll never come out of limitations if you have wrong thinking. Many times it is our way of thinking that keeps us as a limited people. Then we're going to learn about persistency, specifically on knowing how Every open door that you have has an adversary. I want to show you that every opportunity that God gives you, the devil is going to try and stop you. So you must learn how as a child of God to have persistency. Somebody say you must be persistent. And then finally, we'll conclude that series by talking about how we need to venture into spirit-led unfamiliar territory. I'm going to teach you how to take risks how to try out. In the words of the Bible, in the book of Deuteronomy, it says, break camp and advance. We're going to show you how to move forward 
with courage and break out of limitations. Can I hear an amen? amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, amen. even if you're not saying amen. amen. Bishop Wazam, just tell them Wazam. Tell them again, he's trying to teach you on how to push beyond the boundaries of limitations. Let's go to our story, Bazalan. This man had a limitation. The truth is, we all have limitations, all of us. What are limitations? Limitations are things that hold us back from maximizing in our God-given potential. You know, Masalana, if you don't become the best that God wants you to be, then you haven't done so well. Are you aware, Masalana, that if you, if you get 50% results, you also fail to get 50%? I know you don't like my statement there, but, but if you look at it that way, then you realize that, but you know, God doesn't want you to get 50%. God wants you to go ace. You must ace it. Get a distinction. If, for instance, it's God's will for me, and I believe it is, to have a thousand churches in my lifetime, even if I can have 800 churches, according to God, I haven't reached the fullness of my potential. I'm still limited. Are you there, Wazalanane? So when I talk about you pushing beyond limitations, maximizing in the fullness of your potential, what I'm trying to say is this. Don't try to compare yourself with people who are sitting next to you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? What is it that God wants for you? Compare yourself with the prototype that God has for you. Look at the architecture that God drew about your life and compare where you are with what God has written on the canvas of your spirit in your heart. Many people don't do that. You see, we, we settle for mediocrity because we compare ourselves with people who are doing less than us. Remember, in this world, there'll always be somebody who is doing less than you. There'll always be somebody who has less than what you have, who hasn't arrived where you have arrived. So how about the Huiketa? You can always better because there is somebody else who's doing less than you. In this instance, it's not a comparison of me with somebody. It's a comparison of what Christ apprehended for me. Paul says, I want to apprehend that for which Christ has apprehended for me. What is Paul saying? Paul says, my measurement of my potential is not looking around at other people. It's looking at the picture that God has for me and see how I measure up. Here's my question. How do you measure up with the things that God has been speaking to you in your spirit and laying down in your heart? How do you measure up? in terms of the vision that God has given for you. How long are you going to stay where you are? How long are you going to postpone? How long are you going to say tomorrow? How long are you going to excuse yourself from being everything that God wants you to be? So all of us are limited somehow. And we want to challenge us to push beyond our limitations. Tell your neighbor, you need to push beyond our limitations. Limitations could also be recurring problems that we have dealt with for years. And now we are so tired that we have decided to cope with them. Who faces so much that house I enroll. Now you've decided you will do without that degree. Tell your neighbor, well, sir, amen. <laughs> huh? You know, sometimes we get to that point where 
We just decide, this is not for me. Yeah. We decide to accept the status quo. In this session, in this series, we're going to make you uncomfortable in accepting the status quo. Yeah. You, you don't belong in the world of the mediocre people. I'll tell your neighbor, you don't belong in the world of the mediocre people. Look at them and say, looking at you, I can see you don't belong there at all. You don't belong there. Yeah. Some of our limitations could be relationships, broken relationships, disintegrating family structures, not finishing our studies, not finishing projects, not being disciplined. Some of us, we start the year well. How much eta refers to his team? There are people like that. But Kalabachi is like January. But you can see February, Wabana Muloa fell. March, Arasabu. April, Eta is just a thing of the past. Every year, when you are rededicating yourself, you keep rededicating and rededicating, and you keep rededicating what has been rededicated until the rededicator is so concerned about rededicating you, the one who wants to rededicate himself. You are wearing out your rededicator. Why do we keep rededicating? Because we don't have the discipline to just be dedicated. See, if you become dedicated, you don't have to rededicate. You don't have to come to us and say, sing shisa mo. No. Rabata ushise waya waya. Yeah, mau shisa uskatima. Just shisa waya waya. Can I hear an amen, Mazalon? But our problem is that sometimes, as human beings, we allow limitations. Or sometimes we have a tendency to magnify our limitations when God is trying to push us to another level. Sometimes when we hear preaching, we want to be comfortable with our limitations. We want to justify why we are where we are. You know, have you ever talked to somebody and you show them a point? Cancels everything. So God is going to cancel our kinniti mara this month. Because God sees more in your life than the limitations you see. God didn't allow Moses to convince him that he is not eloquent when God was calling him to preach. In Exodus 4.10, Moses tells God, you can't send me, I'm not eloquent. God says, I'm sending you. When God called Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 1.6, Jeremiah says to God, I am a child, I can't speak. God says, that's not going to sell my brother, I'm still sending you. When God spoke to Gideon, in Judges 6.15, Gideon said, I'm from a poor family, I'm from a poor tribe, the least tribe, and Oxalayo, and on top of that as well, I'm the last born Ekai. God says, I'm not going to take that. You know, we tell God our limitations as though God doesn't know. God knows who will last born. God knows you can't speak. God knows you're eloquent. That's why he's trying to push you beyond that because God is trying to tell you, Saul and Sona is not your destiny. Where you are is not the end of your life. How you start must never define your future. You may start in a way that's not the best, but your future is better than where you are. Am I talking to people who are alive in this place? Yeah. 
And God's going to push you beyond your limitations. God wants you to know that he has plans for you. And God wants you to know that your limitations will not stop what he has planned for you. Listen what he says in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. God is thinking thoughts towards you. And he explains, he says, it is thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. One translation says to give you a future and an expected end. God has thoughts about you. Can you imagine? God's thoughts about you is better than where you are right now. And so God's not going to accept the fact that you have to be a limited person. God wants you to know that before I formed you, I knew you, God says to you. And before you came forth, listen to what he says, I sanctified you, I set you apart. God says, even before you were born, I'd already set you apart for greatness. I'd already set you apart to go beyond limitations. Don't tell me about your background. Don't tell me about what people are saying to you. Don't tell me about the color of your skin. Don't tell me about your weaknesses. Don't tell me that you don't have money. Before you were born, before you were born, before you were born, before you were conceived, I, I already had set you apart. Yeah. That's why I say God's picture of your life is so much bigger than anything you've imagined. Yeah. What is it that God had set apart for you? Do you know it? Do you know it? Will you live up to it? Will you push yourself so hard? And I'm, I'm telling you, Barcelona, success is not easy. It's doable. It's reachable. Mara, it's not delivered to you on a platter. There are things that you must do to achieve success. It doesn't drop from the sky. And has a lucky. It's because there are things that you do. When you do them, you succeed. And here's the third thing of success. When you have succeeded, you must continue doing those things. It's like when the plane is in the air. The reason it's flying is because the engines are on. Now it takes a, it takes a, it, it's a lot of effort to get off the ground and go into the air. I don't know how many of you know. Aeroplanes use more fuel climbing to cruising altitude than they do when they, are, when they are flying or when they are cruising. Once they reach the cruising altitude, they use far more fuel than on climbing. So it's much harder, Barcelona, to, 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 oh, to break from being grounded, being on the ground. It's, it's much harder to get. Hey, it's hard. Because there are so many forces you have to deal with. But the minute you are airborne and you are flying, it's easier. But Mamela, what keeps the plane up there is because you must keep the engines turned on. In short, continue applying the principles. Some of you, when things are hard, you pray, you pray. Once you start flying and things are easier, you stop. Yeah, once things happen, I've seen people, once things happen, they go back into doing wrong things again. You work so hard to get where you got. Now you are in, you are in cruising altitude. Tell your neighbor, you are in cruising, you are, in, you are at the cruising altitude, cruising altitude, cruising. You are cruising. You are cruising. Those of you who run, those of you who do marathons, you know that. Those of you who run long distance running, once you get to your cruising speed, and when you start running and you are cruising, the worst you want to do is to stop. 
Yeah, those who run know. You don't want to stop. You can slow down, Mara. Don't stop. Because if we stop, to get to the cruising altitude, you don't want to stop. You want to keep running. Even if you slow down, but continue running. Why? When you reach the cruising altitude, continue doing. I'm saying some of you, don't stop praying. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop worshiping God. How can, am, I, am I talking to people? Yeah. That's important. So God wants you to know that. He says to Zerubbabel in Zechariah 4.6, he says, Zerubbabel, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So God will always push you beyond your limitations. Why? Because your attitude can limit what God wants to do in your life. Psalm 78 verse 41, listen what it says about the children of Israel. Psalm 78, 41, it says, Yet they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Can you believe it? Do you know you can limit what God wants to do in your life? You know, I, I, I used to think, no, whatever God wants to do in my life, he'll do. You know, if God wants me to succeed, I'll succeed. If God wants me to get, so it means, you know, so anything I can blame on, I can blame on him for you. And anybody knows what I'm talking about. I don't know why I'm looking this side. I don't know why I'm looking this side. You know, so I, I, I had that mentality because it's passed down to us in religious circles. Whatever God wants to do, he'll do. God can do anything. You know that's song? My God can do anything. Anytime. Anywhere. My God can do anything. You know the song? He makes the lame to walk again, the blind to see, the deaf to hear. My God can do anything. You know, we used to sing that song. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Baba. But, but the problem is that song is wrong. Let's have that verse again. God can do anything. Let's have the book of Psalms again, please. On the screen. They limited. They limited. They, how? People limiting God. Imagine, you can limit God. I can limit God. God wanted them to go into the promised land. And when we read Bible history, they could have arrived in the promised land in one month. From Egypt where they were, I mean from the Red Sea that they had crossed, into the promised land, at maximum, max, one month they could have gotten there. But for 40 years, 40 years, they walked in the wilderness. Some of them died in the wilderness and they never got there, only a few of them. In fact, the generation that had left Egypt did not even get into the promised land. It was the new ones who got into the promised land. They limited. God's will was for them to get into the promised land in one month. But are they limited? Here's the question. How much are we limiting God? Yeah. 
We build up limitations. Even if God's power is there and it's available, even if God's strength is available, even if God's anointing is available, what you do, what I do, sets the tone. In the book of Mark, the Bible says when Jesus went to his own hometown, he went there, he preached, he did everything, but then the Bible says he could there do no mighty works except lay hands on a few people with minor diseases. Jesus could not do mighty works. He could not do mighty works. He could not do mighty works. Would not and could not are not the same. If it says he would not do any mighty works, it means he wasn't willing to do the mighty works. In other words, it was within his power to do the works, but he wouldn't. Marahiri, he couldn't. It means he wanted to, but there's something that prevented him from doing so. He was willing to do mighty works, but there was something that happened that stopped him from doing the mighty works. And when you read further, he marveled because of their unbelief. So their unbelief stopped God, limited God from doing the mighty works. I wonder how many things are we limiting God in doing in our lives. Yeah, yeah. So this month, we want to show you how to pull out all the stops. How to unblock everything that's unblocked. Can I hear an amen? amen? This is why when people came to Jesus and they came for prayer or they needed his intervention, he would always ask them to do something that they thought is impossible. When he was called to the tomb of Lazarus, Lazarus had been dead for many days. He was already smelling. It was already over. But Jesus commands them to roll away the stone. They knew what he meant when he said roll away the stone. So when he said roll away the stone, they could have stood there and said, ah, we're not rolling away the stone. And in their response, they could have limited God. I wonder how many of us not want to roll away that stone. We read again in the book of Matthew chapter 12 when Jesus went to the temple he met a man who had a withered hand. You must read it Jesus did not pray for this man who had a withered hand. He didn't pray for him. He commanded him to stretch forth the withered hand. For his healing to come, he told the man, stretch forth your hand. It was the man's choice to say, what do you mean? Can't you see? Can't you see? I mean, really, Jesus? Can't you need Jesus? How do I stretch forth my hand when all these years this hand has been with us? You're telling me to do something that's impossible. You are pushing me beyond my limitations. You're telling me to stretch forth my hand. Watch. It is only when he stretched forth his hand and did the impossible, only then did the healing manifest. I wonder how many things is God talking to you about your life. And he's telling you to take certain steps, bold steps, spirit-led steps. Bold steps, no fear, do it, go for it, do it. That's the only way you're going to break 
out of limitations. What about the man who was brought into the midst where Jesus was preaching in a house and he was brought through the roof because the house was full to capacity? In Luke 5:17, Jesus didn't pray for him either. When he was brought in through the roof, Jesus saw their faith, but he never laid hands on him. Never prayed for him. Never says 24646 fire, fire, fire. He never. Never. What does Jesus do? After he had done all the other things, he says to the man, rise up, take up your bed, and walk. Go and read it. I was reading it this week. Rise up, take up your bed, and walk. This is a man who has been lying on that stretcher, on that bed, for many years. He could have looked at Jesus and said, Oshoganja, the reason Bangletelana is because I can't rise up. Kanja, and rise up, Jesus. Kanja, you can see, that's why the guys are helping me. That's why Bangletela, that's why you see, they're taking care of me. Kanja, but you see, God will always. He will always. Ah, you're not hearing me, Basala. God will always. When you hear his word, when you hear what he's saying, when you hear what everything is doing, God will always say something to you. That in the eyes of the natural people, in the ears of those who don't hear what the Spirit is saying, it sounds like it's absolutely crazy. It sounds like it is not doable. But God tells you to do it. Because if you don't do it, you're not going to break out of limitations. Can I hear an amen? Yes. Yes. God will tell you to build a huge church in a community that is under-resourced. Yeah, as long as Eli and I willing, by the way. Yeah, but God will push you out of limitations. Let's talk about this man, Bazalan. This man at the gate of beautiful, he finally came out of his limitations. What can we learn from him? Number one, the Bible says daily he was placed at the gate of the temple. So the word daily suggests persistence. This man had a desire for things to change in his life. So he shows persistence and diligence. If you are going to be transitioned from the ordinary to the supernatural, if you are going to see a manifestation of you walking out of your limitations, you must be diligent in your pursuits. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It didn't say God is a rewarder of those who seek him. It says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you need to be diligent about what you do. That's number one. The second thing, this man though he could not walk. Watch this, Barcelona. Evidently, he had seen many other people who had been healed under the ministry of Jesus Christ. Listen carefully. Bible historians tell us <laughs> that it's quite evident that when Jesus was in his earthly ministry, he used to pass by this gate. But even if this man was sitting at that gate daily, Jesus never healed him. So Jesus healed everybody around him but him. What do we learn from this? This is what we learn. If you want to break out of limitations, when you see other people being blessed before you, celebrate with them. 
Yeah. Celebrate with them because if you're celebrating with them, your turn is coming too. Number three. This man, when he was given the instruction to rise and walk, it looks like he didn't just do it. Peter had to help him. Nonetheless, he took a decisive step in receiving what was his. So you need to be very decisive that you're going to leap out of your limitations. When God presents an opportunity to you, don't look around and see if anybody is supporting you. Jump for it. You know, I've seen it sometimes during the time of the altar call. Like we're going to make an altar call this morning. If you know God is talking to you about your life, when we make an altar call, don't look around as who's sitting next to you. Jump at the opportunity. Are you there, Basalam? One of the things I've learned is that as I go around, if they make an altar call and it applies to me, I'll go to the front. I want to be the first one there. Oh, yeah. Dr. Nwaka will tell you, he, he always laughs about that. When we met him in Malawi years ago, Ritzamelema Bishop, he preached a very powerful message. And then he made an altar call to renew our, for us to renew ourselves in the area of prayer. And I came to the front, I knelt there, and I was praying, and I was really crying, and I was praying hard. As I'm praying, I could hear this voice next to me, whoever was kneeling next to me, this sounds like the voice of the preacher. So I did what the Bible says, watch and pray. So I opened one eye. <laughs> Come on now, you people. So I, and it was him. He did the same. And it was me. So even the preacher himself answered his own altar call. Yeah. You see? You see, Basana, some of you, your problem is when God is trying to push you to certain levels, you're busy looking around asking for people's opinion. Yeah. When God is pushing you into certain things, they don't feel what you're feeling. I'm talking about spiritually speaking, not physically. They, they don't sense what God is pushing you into. So when your time comes, listen what God says in Deuteronomy 39. He says, I call heaven and earth to record against you this day that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Make a choice. Be decisive. And it says, choose life so that you and your children may live. This man was decisive because when Peter said to him, silver and gold, I don't have. But what I have, give unto you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Peter took him by the right hand. Note what it says. It says when he took him by the right hand, his feet and ankle bones received strength. Watch this, Basilat. The minute you get strength, in your feet. The minute you sense God is leading you that way, don't wait for someone else. In other words, discover and locate where your strengths are. And begin to advance in your area of strength. When you sense the anointing is on you, when you sense the power of God is on you, when you sense God is leading you in a certain direction, when you realize, when you take certain steps in line with God's will, you produce results. 
How about now? If I go to church regularly every month, into Zamzia Lunga Bagit, Mankulaga every day, Sangati into Zamzia Sangan. Continue in that step, don't go back. Do more of that. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you, wasn't it? The problem is some people don't know how to locate where their strength is. This man, the minute he felt strength, he started using his strength. The Bible says he didn't walk. He leaped. Then he walked. As soon as he noted strength was coming, he didn't even wait for Peter to make him leap and walk. This is what we must do. If you're going to break out of limitations, the minute you realize it's beginning to work, go for it. It reminds me years ago, my, my, my late father bought me a bicycle. I don't even remember how old I was. You remember how old I was? I was, I was a teenager. And, and you know, when you are learning to ride a bicycle, you're going to fall a couple of times. How many of you know that? I mean, I mean, really, it's a, it's a, a uh, yeah. So I, the whole day, my dad shame. Shem, the whole day, I mean, since 10 in the morning, the whole day, I couldn't get it right. You know, yeah, how many of you know? You know, and, and, and then I remember late towards the afternoon, I didn't give up. Late towards the afternoon, all of a sudden, after all of that, <laughs> I just kept on choving. I don't know, go peddling. But then as I was paddling, I realized I was going towards a tree. <laughs> and because I'm a beginner, I didn't know how to stop this thing. And I'm going towards the tree at a very high speed. Smack right into that tree. Marok Salayo, at least I rode the bicycle. You know what I did? I got up, I dusted myself, I did it again. Yeah? Barcelona. Listen. When you are starting out in the area of your strength, you're going to run into a few obstacles. Get up and get back on your strength called bicycle and ride again. Yeah. It got to a point where I could just ride and get look at my pond. Yeah, that's how experienced I was. Yeah. You remember the first time you learned how to drive? Drive a car. I'm not talking about an automatic car. If you're driving just an automatic car, you learned how to drive an automatic car. You still need to go back to driving school. You, you haven't learned anything yet. Automatic is not. I'm talking about a manual car. Manual car. You know, where you have to learn to balance the crash and the accelerator. I saw somebody the other day, just day before yesterday, their car was going to... <laughs> you know from experience, and it just switched off. It's even worse when it's these cars that have these complex alarm systems where you have to, to press this, pull this, kick that. It's, you know, ever since he was standing right in the middle of the road, very huge intersection, I could see the guy, how much about one of Julugile? Anybody knows what I mean? How many of you remember Julugile? Also Julugile. Winter time, you don't even know. And it's even worse when they come, you know, and we, all of us, we start driving around you. It's, very, it's even more confusing when we are passing. It's worse if a truck can just come and a bus can come this, I tell you. But all of that, 
it's part and parcel of learning how to drive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you locate your strength, move in the direction of your strength. Can I hear an amen? amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? Here's what I like. This man, even if he was sitting at the gate, he was hanging around people who had received their miracle before. Hey. Even though his turn hadn't come, he was hanging around those said you say, here we go. If you want to leap out of limitations, hang around people who have leaped before. That's why I love hearing stories of people from our background, how they started. I just love it. I want to hear, how did you get there? Because I know if they can leap, I can leap as well. When you hang around people who have lived before, it will change your set point. Because it becomes difficult for you to now justify the fact that you can't succeed when somebody from the exactly the same background has succeeded. See, when you hang around an environment of people who have succeeded, unconsciously you learn the lesson that it can be done. This is why it's so critical for us to know which environment we surround ourselves with. Surround yourself with an environment that speaks positively to your life. The Bible says in Hebrews 6:12, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I was explaining to them in the first service that, you know, when it comes to church, you know, my set point was changed when I started going to Rayma many years ago. And of course, I was, I was doing well everywhere, but there are extra things I learned. Thankfully, I was raised in a good church, our church, you know. But there were things that were done differently when I went to Rayma. And I remember the first thing when I went to Rayma that struck me when they were constructing their building was how big their auditorium was. I'd never seen a building that size. It's a church building. I knew about Rona. We didn't have the mall. Nerona did the shopping, shopping complex. You know, this is before your time. Lauka Dumela, my dear, it's before your time. Yeah, we, we had shopping. We didn't have the mall. When you see this big building, it's a shopping. So when I went to Rema, I thought, this is a shopping complex. I don't know, it's a church. I said, church, but they are. And I'm standing on top of this big, huge thing, but that's the stage. It's a stage. They say, over there is the last city. Just like the people right there, they're back there. What? Church? I wasn't used to a church that size. No. Big to me was 400. Once you go to 500, 600, 1,000, 5,000, that was too much. Church? What? Church? Ha. <laughs> and then when I started attending, I was even struck by the... And thank God we had excellence where I came from, but... But you know, some places, church, generally, in many places I went to, it wasn't done like that. Whether in among white people or black people, church wasn't done like that. You know, first of all, uh, what shocked me was the order in the church. And our churches had order, but the things they bought, the chairs were nice chairs. They looked like chairs from the cinema. I wasn't used to sitting in a church. This only, this only belongs to a place that I mustn't go to a cinema. Those years, that's what I thought. It's, it's not true. This church is too beautiful. No. The church we sit on, because how come move a fella? You are in trouble. Yeah. How can you slide from one to the other? Modi benching. Something at all. You don't want to do that. 
And then, 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 then not only that, I mean, everything in the church was so beautiful. It struck me. But then the time of the offering was the worst. Because in my case, I, what I was used to was when we gave offering, you, we gave the uh, 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 coins. No, you don't give paper money. It's too much. Give coins. Ten cents. That's what you give in the offering. The day you give 10 rents, you want everybody to see. <laughs> now, come on now. Don't give me that look. Some of you, you know what I mean. Here I am sitting at Rayma, and the, the, the offering basket has been passed on. So I got my 10 cents. I gave it. And then the person next to me gave 100 rents. I said, huh? <laughs> huh? But you know, what was happening is my mind was starting to change. My standard. I may not have had the 10 runs or the 100 runs, but I started learning. I started learning. Even if it's good, and soon I realized that my thinking, when I say it's a big church, when I say it's a small church, I, 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 we were laughing, um, my bishop and I, when our kids were small. You know, because they grew up seeing these kind of buildings. They don't know a church building. You see, some of you, you, don't, you can't even get it because you are not getting it. You don't know what I'm talking about. You know, church building, the traditional way a church is built, it, it's a certain type of building with a cross. That's a church. Our children grow up going into places. They don't even know a church building. We were laughing. They don't even know. Then when they say a church is small, small to them is 500. That's small. But you see, here's the good thing, about When you hang around people who are operating at another level, it changes you in your set point. This man, he hung around people who had broken limitations and because he hung around those people, he couldn't help but want to break limitations. And right now I see churches everywhere breaking limitations. All churches everywhere. You see the churches are moving because we've been shaken. Yeah, we've come to that point where we said, no, we must do better than this. We must plant churches, we must do. You know, we have, we have buildings that we're buying and we have a church there, then we have more more than one service and we never thought we didn't know well, now you can have more than one service in the same building when you grew up no you just had one service but now we have more than one service in the same building can I hear an amen, amen. Dr. Cho says there's a saying in Korean in the Korean language where they say a big bamboo gives birth to big bamboos in other words if you're in an environment where they do things at a certain level, it's going to affect you as well. Yeah. So hang around people who have lived before. In conclusion, it's quite interesting to know that if we're going to leap out of limitations, we need to learn to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Just like riding the wind and show you are aware by it so that just this weekend, maybe the last few weeks, but particularly this week, Nike Bonnet this week, there were hundreds of butterflies flying through Johannesburg. You, you saw the butterflies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I noted that uh, 
that particular morning, they were flying east, and it just so happened that the wind was blowing east in an easterly direction. And these butterflies were riding the wind, you know. They were kind of riding the wind. But I don't know how many of you know that uh, of all the insects, the one insect that travels further than all other insects is the grasshopper. And yet in terms of flying, a grasshopper can't fly for a long distance. Mara. It breaks out of limitations and gets further than all the other insects. Why? Because God has given the grasshopper an inbuilt instinct to know the direction in which strong winds will blow and it strategically positions itself to ride the wind. So, a grasshopper gets carried further, not through hard labor, but through riding the wind. So it is able to overcome its limitation by learning to ride the wind. God says to the children of Israel, he says, I've dealt with you like an eagle does with its own children, in inverted commas. He says, I've carried you on eagle's wings. What God was trying to tell them is, if you're going to break out of limitations, you're going to have to learn to do what the eagle does. You see, the eagle, when it flies, it doesn't fly like other birds. Other birds, when they fly, they flock as a group. Kim Kengan. An eagle is almost always alone because it reaches heights that other birds cannot reach. If you're going to break out of limitations, you have to get to a point where you go up higher than where other people have gotten. And you don't hang around a group mentality. You go up to another level of those who want to achieve. And the reason an eagle is able to go higher is because other birds flap their wings. An eagle doesn't do so. An eagle climbs up on top of the cliffs that are very high. And it waits for the wind to blow. And it strategically studies the direction of the wind. And once the wind starts blowing in the direction of the eagle, the eagle backs off and runs towards the wind in the direction of the winds into the direction of the cliff. And when it gets to the end of the cliffs, it jumps off and it opens its wings and it begins to ride the wind. The very wind that is blowing against the eagle, the eagle uses the same opposing wind to go to higher heights and it goes to higher heights and it climbs and climbs and climbs and climbs and God says behave like an eagle if you want to come out of limitations. When there are problems coming your way, when there is opposition coming your way, instead of running away from the opposition, run towards the opposition and open your wings. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They shall walk and not faint and they will run and not be weary. And God says, if you're going to break out of limitations, you have to learn to study the direction in which the wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing. 
And then the Holy Spirit is showing you to go that way. Allow yourself to be carried by the Holy Spirit. And when people look at you, they'll say, but you can't fly, you are limited. And they say, no, I knew how to leap out of my limitations because I learned to ride the Holy Spirit in my life. So here's my question as I close. What are the things that God is whispering in your heart about your destiny? And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to come up with excuses? And find yourself in the same place a few years from now? Or are you going to face up with the challenges that are before you and say in your heart of hearts, if God be for me, no one can stand against me. Amen. By your heads, let's pray. Just take a few minutes right now and just talk to God about your life. What is that area that the Holy Spirit is pointing towards? Even during this message, the Holy Spirit is whispering in your heart and is talking to you about that area. What area is it that you're going to break out of limitations? You're going to get to that point where you break out of limitations. Why don't you talk to God just for a few minutes right where you are. Just talk to God about your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Talk to God about your life. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that we can break out of limitations. That whatever area is there in our lives, we can learn to break out of limitations. Thank you for a courageous spirit that's in the hearts of these, your children, who will rise up and do what you've called them to do. Keep your heads bowed, please, your eyes closed. Some of you, the breaking out could be in the area of committing your life to Jesus Christ today that he should be the savior and the Lord of your life. You are here today. You haven't received Christ as savior and Lord, but you want Jesus to come into your heart and come into your life and make you a child of God. That's the one thing you realize that's holding you back from being all that God wants you to be. You've heard God's word. You realize, you know what? My life is not pleasing before God. My life is not right before God. I need prayer. I want Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and Lord. Our heads bowed, please. Our eyes closed. If that is you, and you say, please pray for me. My life is not right before God. Would you raise your hand, please, right where you are? I want to pray for you. Just raise it high. Let me see it. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, ushers. Help me, please. If there's someone who's raised their hand next to you, raise your hand, okay? I see that hand. I see those hands over there. Thank you. I see one more hand at the back. Is that